The Yankees lost a thriller to the Mets and then continued a proud tradition of poaching former World Series champion Red Sox players. Meanwhile, the best player of this generation got some bad news, and that could be horrible for baseball. I really hope I'm wrong. But I'm right in telling you that we're about to start. Locked on MLB. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Every day? Every day. Easy for you to say. It's your team every day, and it's easy for you to say. I am obviously a professional podcaster. I'm not even going to edit that out. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. If you're watching me on the YouTubes, you know you can call me Sully. For those of you who know who I am, I am a I've been podcasting baseball for over a decade. I've been nominated for an Emmy as a TV producer, worked on some big shows, worked on some shows you never heard of. I've directed films and video projects and uh, appeared on HBO Sports and ESPN2, uh, TV show here, a movie over there. And now I'm here on your YouTube page or on your podcasting catcher uh, talking about baseball. If you happen to have a smart device, be sure to tell it to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Yankees with my dear friend Stacy Gatsoulias, who has a lot to talk about these days. Uh, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. If you remember yesterday's show, I recorded relatively late and I was able to catch some of the afternoon games and talked about the Giants and wondering, you know, can they truly be this bad? Well, they lost again. And, and you know, for a while it looked like, hey, they may have been able to win that game. But then, you know, Logan Webb, who's a good pitcher, is having a pretty decent year. You know, just uh, it was uh, it was too much. Cattell Marte and the Diamondbacks want to beat them five to three. So the Giants are now two games under five hundred. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. some other games of note from Wednesday that I didn't cover. Uh, any fear of Julio Rodriguez's career being derailed by the home run derby has been squashed. He homered the other day. He had a go-ahead home run. Uh, against the Rangers on Wednesday afternoon. The Mariners won that game 4-2, to two, and it's an interesting matchup. Remember they got swept by uh, the Houston Astros and it kind of you know put a button on any idea of the Mariners realistically challenging the Astros for the division title. Well, right across the bay, as I'm, I'm recording this from the auxiliary uh, so, uh Locked on MLB studio. I almost said the Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California. Uh, right across the bay from, I'm in Palo Alto right now, across the bay from where I am sitting right now. The A's finished a sweep of the Astros. Good for the A's. Good for Cole Irvin and company. And, uh, you know, the A's hit, you know, overcame a Jordan Alvarez home run. Stephen Piscotti and company did a good job. They doubled up the Astros four to two. And that mixed with the Mariners sweep of the Rangers. All of a sudden, the Mariners, they're granted, they're 10 games back. But 
that's a lot different than 13 games back. And we'll get into the final segment of the significance of that. Uh, there's a, the trade deadline is going to be uh, is bearing down upon us. There's already activity. We're going to talk about that in just a bit. Luis Castillo pitched probably his final game for the Cincinnati Reds. And if it was a showcase against the, against the Marlins, he did a really good job. Pitched seven strong innings, uh, letting up three runs. He let up a pair of home runs, but, you know, basically pitched to the scoreboard and wound up winning that game. And uh, the Reds, uh, you know, I hope the Reds fans uh, gave him a nice farewell because uh, that's probably it for him. Another strange game. Kendall Graveman uh, walked everybody in Coors Field. You can't do that. When you're in Coors Field, you can't be giving up a ton of walks. And he walked like three straight batters and let up a walk-off single. And the White Sox, who were trying to struggle their way back into this whole thing, uh, wound up having a walk-off loss in Coors. Uh, with the, the Twins losing that game to Milwaukee with Roddy Telez hitting all the home runs, it was the Cleveland Guardians who took the most advantage of it. Now, Bobby Dahlbeck of the Red Sox hit a couple of home runs. But Franchi Cordero said, hey, hold my beer. And he committed three errors in a really Dumb loss for the Red Sox. Another dumb loss. The Red Sox are now a sub-500 team after the All-Star break. There's rumors that they may be trading away some of their players. Well, the Guardians are now only one game back in the loss column of first place. Look out for them. They can pitch. They can hit at the right time. Watch this be the year. There's a sick, twisted part of me that wants Cleveland to win the World Series this year. The first year that they ch- change their name, they win it all. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a winning team right now. They're knocking on the door of the uh, of the division title. You know, they're only one game back in the loss column right now. And they're going to be playing the Red Sox tomorrow. The Red Sox can't win, can't win to save their soul. And they're, the Minnesota is idle. So if the Cleveland Guardians win tomorrow, they will be one game out. One game out of the win column, one game out of the loss. So truly one game out of first place in July. So uh, interesting times are happening here. And, of course, the game of the night was the Subway Series game. Max Scherzer on his birthday was brilliant through seven innings. Uh, Pete Alonso homered. And it just looked like the story was there. He was going to throw the shutout and everything. They lifted him after seven innings. I get it. But then just immediately, I think it was, was it Peterson let up a two-run home run to Torres to tie the game. But Marte walked it off in the ninth. And thank goodness he walked it off in the ninth. We don't have to see that stupid ghost runner on second. I, I didn't realize it was only a two-game series. I thought it was a, a three-game series. But uh, the the Mets won both of them. So I guess is that a sweep? A two-game sweep just feels weird. But the Mets, good on the Mets. You know, they won both games. They didn't have to use Diaz. And with uh, Atlanta's loss to Philadelphia, you know, they have a three-game lead uh, for the in the National League East. And they trail, well, they, they trail Los Angeles by four in the win column and five in the loss column. L.A. is probably, well, then again, who knows? Any team can have a bad stretch. But 
you know, the in in terms of uh, avoiding the the wild card series, the Mets and Dodgers look like they're in pretty good shape. You know, no disrespect to Milwaukee. Well, uh, the first big trade happened. The first shot fired across the proverbial bow, and it was All Star Andrew Benintendi, who for a while looked like he was a, a a poster child for players with a great promise who faded out and the Red Sox unceremoniously dumped them to Kansas city a couple of years ago. He was always a Yankee killer when he played for the Red Sox. The Yankees are picking him up. They have Andrew Benatendi and they have, uh, Aaron Hicks and they have judge, uh, they have with uh, Stanton injured. There's probably going to play a lot of Donaldson at third and LeMahieu at DH. This makes Joey Gallo the odd man out. Joey Gallo has been awful for the Yankees. Uh, he's a very easy guy to root for, even me as a classic Yankee hater. Uh, but he just has not been working out. And Benintendi, who has a perfect swing for Yankee Stadium, you know, it's going to be tough to see a former Red Sox. Uh, World Series winner wearing the Yankee pinstripes, but it's a really, really smart move for the Yankees. I it was not. I mean, they were. I don't know if they were realistically in a Juan Soto market. I don't know if they have the chips to pick up a Juan Soto. You know, some other teams certainly seem to have more chips to play with. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a solid move for the Yankees. The Yankees have a proud tradition of picking up former Red Sox who have won World Series titles and importing them. Obviously, the biggest one is Babe Ruth uh, when the Red Sox were winning titles in the 1910s. There was a bunch of players, uh, including Red Ruffing and Carl Mays, who came along, uh, and Ernie Shore, who came along from the Red Sox along with Babe Ruth. And then for the more recent World Series titles, think about the 04 Red Sox, uh, Mark Bellhorn wound up going to the Yankees. Alan Embry wound up going to the Yankees. Johnny Damon wound up going to the Yankees. Uh, Derek Lowe wound up eventually going to the Yankees. Uh, who else was from that team? Well, Johnny Damon obviously went to the Yankees. Doug Mankiewicz went to the Yankees. Mike Myers, who was a solid left-handed reliever for the Red Sox at that time, wound up going to the Yankees. On the 07 team, Kevin Euclid eventually wound up going to the Yankees. Someone else big for that team. I can't quite um, can't. Oh, oh, uh, uh, from the 2013 team, Jacoby Ellsbury wound up going to the Yankees. I mentioned Derek Lowe. There's, I think there was another, maybe there was another pitcher along the way. I can't, these are all from the top of my head. Uh, and now Benintendi has gone to the Yankees. It's a proud tradition of bringing World Series champion Red Sox to the Yankees, and sometimes with success. Uh, lest we forget, Johnny Damon had some solid years with the Yankees. who was a big part of the team that wound up uh, winning the World Series. So Eric Kinski was a, on the 07 Red Sox, and he wound up going to the Yankees. Oh, there must have been one or two others that are just not popping in my head. But so many players who were like, like in that 04 squad who were key parts to the game six and seven victories, you know, Lowe, Bellhorn, uh, you know, Damon, uh, uh, Embry was the one who clinched the series. So it's a proud, proud tradition of bringing them over. And, you know, emotion aside, it's a smart move for the Yankees. 
They don't need an MVP. They already have an MVP. And Ben Attendi has been a solid player for Kansas City. And again, Gallo was also a solid player for the Rangers. So I digress. But we're starting that period where you're going to start seeing teams trading their players around like their baseball cards. And as someone who grew up with piles and piles and piles of baseball cards, let me tell you something. I know a little something about trading baseball cards and loving those cards. And that weird sensation when you open up the packing, like, look at that player. What are they doing in that uniform? I didn't know they were traded to them because sometimes that's how you got your dues. Back then, that's how you got your dues. That was part of the love of it back then. But it's a new time for baseball cards now. And I'm going to ask you to welcome to the world of sports cards reimagined because the sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. You can quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby that you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple app stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for all baseball fans. It's completely free, and you can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. Check the latest values and find your favorite cards with 7-day or 30-day charts and find the best prices to buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. Now, uh, download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportsinvestor.com backslash locked on. And we're talking about trades and everything like that. By the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen every day. The Major League trade deadline is August 2nd, and Locked On MLB has all the breakdowns. Locked On MLB will have rapid reactions to any move made. So subscribe now to your favorite Locked On show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get notified when an episode premieres. All right. Um, really weird news today. Uh, Mike Trout's been out for a few days, and I just, you know, I just don't like it when Mike Trout isn't playing. You know, it's 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 not good. It's not good when we don't have Mike Trout playing. And, but I just, I did, I thought like, oh, they were resting him. You know, he took a few days off at the All-Star break and the Angels are treating with kid gloves. So I'm using this from, this is a, uh, uh, an article. I'm going to read part of it from ESPN.com. Um, uh, the 10-time All-Star left the game on July 12th. So he's in play since July 12th. It's been a couple of weeks with back spasm. He went on the injured list uh, they, with a rib cave. And on Wednesday, uh, Mike Forstad, who is the trainer for the Angels, revealed it was a rare spinal condition. Uh, the Forstad said the doctor, who was one of the best-known spine surgeons in the country, uh, doesn't see a lot of these. That's disturbing when doctors, well-known doctors, are stumped. Um. I said, it happens to a baseball player. We just have to take into consideration. This from the ESPN.com article. Uh, we have to put in consideration when he puts himself through hitting, swinging on a daily basis. Uh, there are so many things that can aggravate it. Um, it's something to do with his spine. It's something to do with one of the vertebrae. Now, of course, Mike Trout is poo-pooing it. He's saying, oh, it's overblown and everything like that. And I hope he's right. But he's also a very competitive athlete. 
and they don't tend to be the best judges of their own bodies. When I start hearing things like rare spinal conditions that are stumping favorite doc famous doctors, that stinks. It just stinks. And I don't want to hear that Mike Trout is suffering from anything rare in his, you know, I, I don't want to hear anything rare. And the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm sorry, I'm a little, I got, I, I'm a little just a, a smidge tongue tied right now. I don't want to deal with him possibly having a prolonged stretch on the injured list. I want to see more Mike Trout. And it's the frustrating thing. I got frustrated when I realized we're not going to see him in October anymore. I better see him in April, May, June, July, August, and September. I'm not ready to say goodbye to Mike Trout. I'm not. We haven't had the great Mike Trout moment. We've had Hall of Famers with their careers cut short. Uh, the one I'll always point to is Kirby Puckett. Now, when Kirby was playing, he was one of my all-time favorite players. We found out later that there was he wasn't the, the cute and cuddly guy that we all were made to believe he was in after his death. But during his life, he was one of my favorite players, and I can't pretend that he wasn't. And his career was cut short, but he had already had a Hall of Fame caliber career, and he had already had the Kirby Puckett moments. He had the in the one game where he made the famous leaping catch against the plexiglass and then hit the walk-off home run that made Joe Buck say, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Or Jack Buck, I'm sorry, Jack Buck said that. Uh, his son, Joe Buck, basically repeats that all the time. But the famous call... And we'll see you tomorrow night where he hit the walk-off home run that forced a Game 7 in the greatest World Series ever played. He was already a World Series champion who hit huge hits in that postseason, but we had the Kirby Puckett game. When his career was cut short, Puckett had his two World Series rings, was an MVP in the postseason, and had a World Series game where he just said, jump on my back and I'll take you to Game 7. We don't have that with Mike Trout. We don't have that. We have years of numbers and numbers and numbers. And right now, if his career ended right now, and I, you know, I hope it doesn't. But you know, his 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 season last year was only thirty six games due to injury, and now here he is. He's going to be facing another major injury. When you start heading into your thirties, look at Ken Griffey Jr. You don't suddenly get super healthy again, unless. You ask A-Rod's cousin to come meet you in the bathroom with some needles. Now, if Trout's career is winding down, he's already the greatest angel of all time. He is. I mean, if you go to the all-time angel records, if you like some of the, like the, you know, war and things like that, he is the highest war of any angel position player. He is the highest on-base percentage and slugging and OPS in the history of the Angels. Now he has he hasn't had as many hits. Like Garrett Anderson has like the most at bats, played appearances, run scored because he played more years. But things like home runs, Trout, adjusted OPS, Trout, runs created for a career, Trout, adjusted batting runs, Trout, adjusted batting wins, Trout, offensive win production, Trout, 
stolen base percentage trout something called power speed number trout at bats per home run trout base out runs at it i don't know what that means trout wins probably at uh wins probability added trout situational wins added trout base out wins added i've never heard of that stat before trout up and down you it's traditional stats and you know newfangled stats Trout, 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 trout. The only thing that he doesn't have are the longevity stats, which Garrett Anderson had for years and years and years and years. And oh, by the way, Garrett Anderson was part of the World Series winning team for the Angels and got the huge hit in game seven of the World Series and got a bunch of hits against the Yankees and Minnesota Twins in that year's postseason. I hope I'm being an alarmist. I do. I'm not ready for the end of the Mike Trout era. I'm and and not just that. I remember when Griffey wound up having all those injured seasons with Cincinnati. And Griffey, who was my favorite non-Red Sox player ever. And I rooted for him like crazy. And when he was healthy in Cincinnati, he would show bursts of that brilliant player we saw in Seattle, but he just never stayed healthy long enough. To sustain it. Now we wound up hitting 600 home runs and having a superstar career, but those years in Cincinnati were hard to watch because you saw the glimpses. You saw he was still the super talented player, but he just wasn't on the field enough. I'm not ready for that part of Mike Trout's career yet. I look at whenever I see anyone get injured, I always overreact. You should see me watching a basketball game. Anytime anyone falls on the ground and has to be helped up by a coach, I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to have to amputate his legs. And then, you know, four minutes later, he's dunking. So I, I get it. I overreact to things like this. When things are being said like rare spinal conditions that famous doctors aren't familiar with, that freaks me out a little bit. Come on, Trout. We need that moment. You're signed with the angels until the heat death of the universe. So whatever happens is going to happen in Anaheim, not Los Angeles. But I want to see something great happen. I'm not ready to say goodbye. I'm not ready to say goodbye to the elite player yet. You're too much fun to watch. If you haven't watched him play, I've seen him play live a couple of times. It's fun. He's a fun player. He's a superstar. He's the greatest angel of all time. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't mean I want it to end. Doesn't mean we're ready to say goodbye. Come on. Let's get it going here. A uh, quick peek of what we've got on a not exactly full slate of games going on on Thursday. Uh, day games are being played. The Rays and the Orioles, uh, the Rays, you know, trying to hang on to their postseason spot. The Orioles are trying to get back over 500. The Reds and the Marlins are playing uh, with no Castillo there. He's probably gone. He's probably traded. Philly, Zach Wheeler is throwing this time against the Pirates. And the Phillies are looking. They're only a half game behind the Cardinals. Hey, by the way, we give the Cardinals a little bit of credit. Uh, as they're done with their trip up north, 
Uh, yeah, they got pounded that first game, but they won the second game, and Albert Pujols, who was the substitute for Goldschmidt, wound up hitting a big home run. So I gave those players a lot of crap for, you know, not showing up, but give Pujols filling in the Goldschmidt void. Uh, the Royals and the Yankees, Benintendi's going to show up with the Royals and put on a Yankee uniform. Jameson Tyon, who's been great for part of this year and shaky for other parts, is up against Singer. Singer's actually having a nice season for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Tigers and the Blue Jays are playing. Kikuchi needs to start pitching better if the Blue Jays are going to continue their quest to have the home field throughout the division series or the uh, uh, the wild card series. Uh, the Red Sox and the Guardians, McKenzie versus Crawford. Red Sox got to do something. But if the Guardians win, as I mentioned before, they'll be one game out. Uh, the Dodgers are going out to the Colorado Rockies. Dodgers have just been, you know, had a huge win against the Washington Nationals, but playing in Colorado is always weird. Shohei Otani is starting for the Angels. Will this be his last start as a pitcher for the Angels? It could be if he's on the trade block. The Cubs and the Giants are playing. Uh, the Giants are going to be retiring Will Clark's number over the weekend. That's going to be interesting. And Urquidy versus Gilbert. The Astros and the Mariners are facing off. If the Mariners can win, they'll be they will cut the Astros' lead to single digits. Again, not saying that that's going to make much of a difference, but the Mariners have dusted themselves off after, this, after that sweep, and they can make a real statement, especially with Julio Rodriguez back and swinging the bat well. So, got some games coming up. We got some trades beginning. But please, 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 Mike Trout's spine. Prove that I'm overreacting. That's all I'm asking. Hey, thanks so much for making us your first listen. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm on Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Looking at the trades, hoping the stars aren't hurt, and getting set up for a Thursday of baseball. This is Lockdown MLB for the 28th day of July. 2022, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.